So here's the reality, and it's a it's a balanced, two-sided reality. These two seemingly contradictory ideas. On the one hand, life goes on. Life will absolutely go on. There's not enough viruses on the planet to knock us all out. We will survive and rebuild. We are finding and refinding our, our humanity through this. So on the one hand, life will go on, and on the other hand, it will never be the same. We will never be the same. Welcome to the Rocket Feather Podcast. This is kind of a special edition. We're missing a co-host. Uh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. She's not sick. But Kelly, as we were planning our recording of this episode today, Kelly got called in to work, although not really in since she's working from home. It's a Sunday, but she got a message that the county library system is making some changes and closing some things and opening some other things so she got called in to do emergency graphic design and emergency copy editing and i think she's actually kind of pleased she looks like she's feeling purposeful and engaged and that's right that's so important at this time right and i thought about not putting out a podcast episode this week but i also need to feel engaged and involved and worthwhile so Shaking off my my topor, shaking off my uh, sleepiness, and turning on the recorder, and bringing at least a version of my gift out into the world to share with everybody. And I'm not saying that with a lot of hubris. You know, I think my gift is completely independent of me in the way that Elizabeth Gilbert talks about genius is being independent of the artist. And it's just our job to show up and let that let that gift show up as well. Let that gift come through us. So I hope it's useful to you. You know, this episode is kind of thrown together. It's improv like a lot else in uh, the COVID crisis times, and I know that you'll be forgiving in the way that uh, you know we're we're fine with uh, comedians giving uh, giving us sort of not great jokes via Instagram now, and uh, the standards seem now to be about connection and authenticity and giving rather than performance. So that's what today is about for sure. And like I said, I'm I'm really glad you're here. I needed this. Uh, you know, I've, I've been an early adopter to this crisis. I saw it coming. I'm not bragging, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fairly obsessive in Twitter and, and the folks on the smart folks on Twitter saw it coming early as well. And, you know, I'm hoping that my story about kind of what I've been through over the last three weeks, uh, this has rolled in kind of the way that I've responded both by doing and by feeling and. I'm hoping that'll be useful for you if maybe you're a week a week behind me, um, or actually maybe you'll just feel in solidarity. You know, the other day uh, I had kind of a I had kind of a crappy Monday, which we'll talk about in a bit, and uh, I didn't really tell anybody that I'd had a really crappy Monday until my friend Anthony posted on Facebook about lying in bed with his head under the covers and feeling the fear and anxiety. I'm like, oh. Oh, brother, thank you so much for being open about that. So now it's, uh, I feel like I can be more open about what I'm going through and, and hopefully that helps you. So I'm really glad you're here. Um, you know, I, I, I'm pretty tired. I didn't sleep well last night, but I'm also just seeing uh, 
all of the people who are rallying. So, you know, the, the big example, right, is I think it's DJ D Fine uh, last night, Saturday night, the what was that, the 22nd, uh, hosted an Instagram dance party and like a quarter of a million people showed up. Uh, you know, everybody from uh, pop stars and music, music legends to, to Bernie Sanders showed up on Instagram for this dance party. And that DJ was just really given his gift. You know, a little bit um, closer to home, Drew Hall and Candace Devine and a bunch of their friends put on a virtual gig from the Raven Cafe the other night, and we tuned into that. It was wonderful to watch live music from the comfort of our own home and, and drinking a beer from the fridge. Uh, you know, the local farmer's market rallied and managed to provide drive-up services and pre-ordered boxes, so we're, like, drinking locally made kombucha and got a fridge full of greens that we're going to figure out how to cook. Uh, and, you know, yesterday we had a, an amazing locally cooked burger from the Raven Cafe, and they're just doing drive-up window service as well. So if all those folks can kind of rally and figure out how to do what they do and adapt, then I figure I can and, and we can as well. So that's what today's about. Thank you so much for being part of uh, my extended tribe, my extended community, our extended community, and frankly, given me uh, a little bit of a, a purpose today. We'll be right back with more how to uh, how to get by during the COVID crisis. So welcome again to this improvised, thrown together, slightly slapdash, hopefully valuable episode of the Rocket Feather podcast. It's Charles Matthews flying solo today. My sweetie, my co-host, my co-conspirator co -conspirator is in the other room working from home on a weekend, helping our local government, our local county government respond to the crisis. Really proud of her. You know, and last night in the midst of my tossing and turning at some point, I don't know if you've had this happen yet. At some point, I had the thought of, oh, maybe maybe this is a dream. Maybe it's not really, maybe, maybe there isn't really a pandemic. And then I remembered, well, no, no, it's real. It's real. It's, we are in the middle, we're in the beginning of a life-changing, world-altering experience. And anybody who's listening to this who thinks it's overhyped, um, you know, I just, I, I feel for you. I, I, you know, would that it, would that it would be true that it was just overhyped. And I actually hope that we all finish this and very few people get sick. Very few people die. Some people are going to say, look, however hyped it was, the media and the health department were just crazy. And if that's the case, that means we succeeded. It means we succeeded in beating back this virus by taking all these really challenging measures. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you were listening from home when you would normally be at work, normally be out teaching kids, normally be doing things out in the world in your home, wondering wondering what's next. So yeah, I, I, I thought for a moment last night that maybe it was all a dream. Maybe it was all a fever dream of my own, but then I remembered. Then I, then I looked on Twitter. Then I looked at CNN. So in the midst of this world-changing event, like one of the thoughts that comes up, right, I'm guessing this is coming up for you, is what do we do? And especially for guys, but just for Westerners in general, for modern people in general, there's this like, all right, what do we 
do because we forget that we're, as, as some folks like to say, we forget that we're human beings, not human doings. And, and I totally get that. And I'm, I'm trying to do my best to, to check in with my feelings as well as my impulses and my, um, my motivations. And I got a good start on that three or so weeks ago when my friend Laura Fitton reposted an article that I have not been able to find, but it was basically an article by a couple of docs who helped prepare uh, the national response to the H1N1 crisis when it looked like it was going to be bad. And one of their first recommendations that I'm going to pass on to you is to, if you haven't already, have the OMG, what the fuck, oh my God moment as early as possible. Like, have that. I can't believe this is happening. This is crazy. This is scary. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm confused. Whatever it is, like, go ahead and have that moment of shock. If you haven't already, like, get it, get it kind of over with, um, or at least get the first one over with. And we'll, we'll talk about how this is basically pretty cyclical, I think. Have that moment so that then you're freer to act. Get in touch with that part of you that's that needs to have the emotional reaction. Uh, and, you know, if you're noticing that other people in your family aren't having that moment, you might encourage them to have it. And actually, uh, our next episode, the one that we're actually recording tomorrow, is with Tracy McConnell. And she's actually going to run us through an exercise that she does with with work groups and corporations around moments like this, not necessarily pandemics, but just like moments of change like this is like have, have the reaction together and uh, be there for one another and then be ready to move on. It can be lonely, especially for those of us who've been trained to hide our feelings, to downplay them, to be tough, to be steely. It can be really lonely on both sides. Uh, even though I'm pretty in touch with my feelings and even though Kelly's really in touch with her, her feelings, the last three weeks have had moments where I've felt lonely because I've been seeing things and feeling things that I wasn't sharing with her or that she didn't know about or she wasn't as far ahead. And there've been other times where she's felt lonely because I've been in kind of get it done mode and she hasn't necessarily felt like I was right there for her emotionally. So it's okay. We can talk about that. Um, know that that's going to crop up for sure. So like I said, I'm, I'm learning to check in as often as I can with how I feel on this. Um, I thought after kind of reading that article and having my what the fuck moment and uh, kind of uh, kind of being out loud with with, oh, my God, this is really happening and involving Kelly in that, um, that I was kind of done. Um, but having that moment uh, enabled us to make some coherent plans and make a shopping list and uh, make a plan for how we were going to stay in contact with family and talk about some options uh, about how to take care of my mom, who at this point is choosing to stay in her own home, but just went through all of the all of the circumstances. Kelly was able to go to Costco and Trader Joe's before they all ran out of toilet paper, before they were only letting uh, 10 or 50 people in at a time. So we got to we got to jump on that. We got the 50 pound bag of beans in the in the pantry and the big bag of rice and lots of canned food and tasty bites and uh, oh, lots of oatmeal. So we're set in that regard. And that was I guess that probably wrapped up about two weeks ago. And because I'm a guy, I thought I was fine, right? I thought I had had the WTF moment and that everything would be cool 
And then this is what often, this is what's happened to me over and over again through my life. Uh, you know, we were already working from, I was already working from home at that point. And last uh, Monday morning, I pretty much stayed in bed all morning with uh, with the covers pulled up. I, was, I didn't sleep well the night before. I was trying to catch a morning nap, which sometimes worked for me, and then I can get some get some work done. But I just was in bed feeling pretty lousy. And it took a while to figure out that this is just just the reaction to the situation. This is pretty overwhelming. And if you're not, I'm sorry, but if you're not feeling a little freaked out and a little overwhelmed and a little anxious, um, you're probably not really paying attention or you're in denial. And I was I was kind of in denial, uh, even though I'd been, like I said, an earlier adopter for this crisis. I bought I bought early, if that's a thing. But what what my psyche often does is just kind of shuts me down when I'm not paying close of attention and when I'm not letting the, as Kelly says, we were talking about today about how uh, emotions need to be able to move through. That's something that she learned in art therapy school. Emotions need to move through. And that's part of what art does. It's part of what playing music does. It's part of what going for a hike does, whatever. And I just wasn't letting my emotions move through. So oftentimes what happens is I end up uh, in bed, not exactly depressed, but just a little shut down. Fortunately, I was reading Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders, a very strange, very interesting, very lovely novel about Abe Lincoln grieving for his son, his young son, Willie. Willie died from a fever. can't remember whether it was typhus or typhoid. And there are contemporaneous accounts of Lincoln leaving the White House one night and going to the crypt where Willie's body had been placed just a day before, a couple of days before, and not coming back for hours. And the novel is about that night. And all the rest of the characters are spirits, ghosts, in that caught in that graveyard because they're not willing to move on. And in this moment, as I'm telling the story, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like what my emotions were. My emotions had not, I had not given them a chance to move on. So they were stuck and they were not healthy. And the love, well, so basically I'm lying there Monday morning, unable to let my emotions flow and unable to be of use to myself or anybody else. And the story of Lincoln's grief, the elder Lincoln's grief, and his decision to move on, knowing that he's a melancholy person, knowing that he is sad, knowing that he is feeling the grief that every human being feels at some point in our lives and knowing that grief is the price of love and that he refused to refuse to love, that that wasn't an option for him. He walked out ready to hold the nation together through bloody, bloody means, which I don't want anything to do with, but, and I'm not responsible for holding the nation together, but I thought, well, if, if Abraham Lincoln can, can come out of that funk and give his all, and it turned out his ultimate sacrifice to the country, then I can get out of bed and return some darn emails, right? So, you know, I think I've still got some emotions that need to be um, opened up with and let through. So one of my commitments to myself is to play more guitar and to do more drawing, even though it's really terrible. I have a guitar lesson, a Skype guitar lesson, my first Skype guitar lesson set up with Drew Hall for uh, Monday night. So I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to having my hands doing something while my brain does something completely different in the way that music works for me anyway. 
So it turns out it's cyclical. It turns out that checking in with my feelings and feeling them and then moving on and doing something, it doesn't happen just once. And it's going to be happening over and over and over again through this world-changing, life-changing event, crisis. Um, Yeah. So again, the next cycle was being in touch with my feelings all this week a little bit more, noticing the the pride that I felt over... uh, having helped secure for my family some preparedness, not in a hoarding way necessarily, though it does feel good to have that sack of beans, but just feeling pride at helping my small, small family be ready for what comes. It feels great. And it, you know, it's definitely uh, ties into some male stereotypes for sure. Just feeling like the like the provider or the guardian. And, you know, I kind of notice that come up and I kind of smile at it because I see that it's pretty stereotypical, but it's also uh, universal in a way, right? It's not just a male desire to to protect and, and serve. So that feels good. And, you know, I got to admit, I'm feeling also some some smugness and some, some glee as I see uh, what I predicted. I didn't really predict it, but what I saw coming is coming to out. I don't want to say to fruition. That's a terrible way to talk about it. But um, turns out I was right. Turns out the people that I was paying attention to on Twitter were right. And uh, that unfortunately makes me feel a little glee because it's pretty dark that this is coming true. As of today, when I checked just a little bit ago, there were over 30,000 cases of COVID-19 in the United States, over 300,000 worldwide. And we have three, lots of threes in this we have three in Yavapai County where I live. And of course, there's more than that, but that's that's all we know about right now. So I don't really want this to be coming true, but here I am just being honest and vulnerable. I, I feel some sort of, ha, huh, told you kind of stuff going on. I wish I was wrong. I wish I was wrong. So again, you know, feeling a little bit better in touch with my feelings since Monday, sharing them with Kelly. Although I did, as I as I said in the intro, I, I didn't really tell her that I was really in the bed with the covers over my head until Anthony did his post on Facebook and just, you know, shout out to him, blessings to him for being a guy willing to be that vulnerable and be open about it. Cause that helped me for sure open up more about what was going on for me. And, um, then we had a full work week, very full work week. We, Kelly and I were both very busy as the libraries that we work for, the library network that we try and work for, that we do work for, tries to adapt to, you know, letting people pick up books at curbside and putting out lots of press releases and new graphics. And I'm in charge of trying to figure out how to promote virtual and online events instead of the in-person events. A lot of work, a lot of, uh, lot of instant changes, pretty stressful, pretty overwhelming. Um, Kelly and I literally working side by side, sitting at adjoining desks and, and it, it's not always easy. Uh, things got stressful and Kelly in her beautiful thoughtfulness just was reminding herself and reminding me, it's like, you know, all that's required or not all that's required, but what's required working right now for sure. Being in a family is just a ton of forgiveness because none of us are operating at a hundred percent. 
when when our amygdalas are engaged, when our fear, when my fear is engaged, when my concern is engaged, when I'm feeling anxious, and even 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 just kind of my beautiful emotions about like I want to contribute. I, I'm in a weird kind of position at work. I'm on a grant. I'm not supposed to be doing some of this other stuff, um, but I want to contribute. And feeling that anxiety about being kind of left out or not being able to to be a part of the team fully, you know, all that's juicing my cortisol and adrenaline and whatever else and and so I'm not operating at 100%. Kelly's not operating at 100%. You know, nobody at work is operating at 100%. We're all a little anxious. And so Kelly's right. Just a ton of forgiveness and self-forgiveness and forgiveness for others is definitely, whew, gonna, we're going to need buckets and buckets of that. We're going to need that more than we need toilet paper going forward. Toilet paper can be improvised. You can wash your butt with soap and water, right? It's pretty hard to improvise connection and forgiveness. So we were working on that all week. and then. On Friday, I found out that uh, a dear young man who had been part of Boys to Men, whose uh, father is a is a friend and, in, in fact, um, was one of our early podcast guests, Tony Himes, uh, his son, Caden, died in a car wreck as Caden was driving from Oregon to be with family through this crisis. And um, he's uh, not somebody who... Caden is not somebody who we write off lightly. Uh, he's a musician and organized other musicians and was a leader in the local teen center and organizing kids and adults. And I mean, he's six foot, he was six foot nine, I think. So he literally stood head and shoulders above everybody and just so kind and thoughtful and warm. And he's dead now. And I just grieve for Tony and, and Tracy, his parents. And now, as I was saying to Drew Hall, my guitar teacher, who's also uh, Caden's guitar teacher, well, now we're stuck carrying things for Caden, things that Caden brought into the world, his optimism, his warmth, his creativity. Now we, his elders, are the ones carrying that forward, doing things in his name, um, which makes me, as you can hear, it makes me angry and, and distraught that. I'm carrying something for a 20-year-old. He should be carrying those things. <sighs> so it's an indirect death attributed to this fucking virus. And that night, fortunately, was the night of the... The night that I found out... The, the day that I found out that night was the night of the uh, the virtual gig at, at the Raven Cafe that was broadcast and a bunch of my favorite musicians playing their beautiful music. And that gave an opportunity there, sitting on the couch watching that. Um, it gave an opportunity for some emotion to move through and for at least one sob to come out. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the power of of art and music. It's what's going to get us through. We can't let that go. I don't know if you've seen the, the videos of uh, opera singers in Italy standing on their balconies in their isolation, in their quarantine, singing Verde at the top of their lungs to the empty streets. Or the, uh, today it was a, a chorus, a kid's chorus from Chino, California, performing somewhere over the rainbow via Zoom call because their concert had been canceled. So that's why I'm speaking into this microphone right now. This is what I have to give today. So here's the reality, and it's a, it's a balanced 
two-sided reality, like we talked about back in the episode Everybody Poops, these two seemingly contradictory ideas. On the one hand, life goes on. Life will absolutely go on. There's not enough viruses on the planet to knock us all out. We will survive and rebuild. We are finding and refinding our, our humanity through this. So on the one hand, life will go on. And on the other hand, it will never be the same. We will never be the same. I have no idea who I am going to become as a result of this crisis, as a result of this pandemic. Kelly has no idea who she is going to become. I don't think any of us can stay the same. I think anybody who tries to stay the same, and you can kind of see it in some of the political discourse, people trying to pretend that everything is the same. It's not. It's very different. You know, they talk about the idea that the plague in Europe in the 1300s helped spur the Renaissance because people were home and had nothing to do but create art. Um, I'd be curious to if anybody knows out there, you know, what, what did, did, what did the, the 1918 flu do for us worldwide? Did it spur the Roaring Twenties? Is it part of what created that opportunity, that energy for creativity and music and, and uh, novels and all that stuff? Or was it just all tangled up with World War I? But we are going to be different. This country is going to be different. This world is going to be different. The economy is going to be different. I am going to be different. You are going to be different. And I think to the extent that we resist that, we do ourselves damage. I think part of the new strength, part of the deep strength is going to be to acknowledge that that change is coming and be ready to, as much as possible, adapt, embrace, and thrive, and even lead. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for new leadership, and I hope that this podcast can be a part of that, that this way of thinking about strength and communication can be a part of that, and I hope that you can be a part of that. And I think what's going to be coming up for us is a series of cycles around this reduce, reconnect, recover mantra that I'm using. And it one cycle of this won't get us through. We are, as as Kelly said today, this isn't weather, this is climate, right? This is not not something that we're just going to wake up from. This is not just a storm blowing through and then we'll take the shutters down from the windows and patch the roof and, you know, mourn the mourn the big tree that blew down and mourn the person whose house collapsed on them. But this is this is climate. This is going to be a new way of being. So how do we accept that? Well, I think I think again, just acknowledging these three aspects that kind of go in order, but reduce, reconnect, recover, reduce your own risk. You know, don't die. Wash your hands. Don't go outside. Um, take care of yourself. I'm taking a lot of vitamin D. I'm taking my vitamins. I am actually making more of an effort to exercise so that I can be even healthier if and when I do get sick. And for whatever the challenge is ahead, taking care of my mom, taking care of Kelly, whatever it is, I'm going to need more physical energy and physical wellness. So um, that's one of my parts of reducing my risk is just being healthier. And please, please, please reduce the risk that others, you know, any 20-year-old out there who's playing on the beaches still or anybody who's still going to restaurants or anybody who's still saying, oh, it's just a bunch of hype, you were putting people at risk, including my 85-year-old mother with COPD, including, you know, lots of dear friends, young friends with pre-existing conditions, including people who've been on this podcast. So please think about that. Wash your hands. Don't go out. Don't treat this lightly. And to whatever extent that you can, that we can reduce our loads right now, you know, there's been some joking about 
even just in this house about how much we're going to get done under quarantine, how much yard work we're going to get done, a, a book to write, all this stuff. And I don't think that it's reasonable to expect a lot more out of our bodies, out of our limbic systems, out of our immune systems, out of our psyches. Uh, there's a weight on us that we probably will struggle to acknowledge. There's a, a, you know, there's some fear and dread and anger and frustration and confusion in the air. And that all just slows things down and takes up bandwidth to use a computer metaphor, right? So go ahead and find ways to reduce your load because you're going to be called on to do, we're going to be called on to do lots of other things. So whatever that is, um, maybe talk to your work teams and find out if you, if you, if you can work from home, you know, can you just scale back the amount of work that's expected? Um, are there some projects that you can put on hold? Is it okay if the sink piles up with dishes? Is it okay if the laundry doesn't get done? Is it okay if the yard work doesn't get done? Be gentle with yourself. So reduce your risk, reduce your risk to others and reduce your load and reconnect, reconnect to your feelings, reconnect to your family and reconnect to your gift. Again, that's what I'm doing today. You know, I, I get, uh, I get a little anxious when I, you know, compare myself. It's such a dumb idea when I compare myself to Brené Brown, right? Who's like putting out beautiful posts and coming up with a whole nother, a whole nother motto. Um, or when some, some DJ that I never heard of has a half a million people or a quarter million people check into his dance party. Um, and just remembering that my job is to just show up and, and show up with my gift and to reconnect to it and give it as best I can. So Kelly and I talked about it today. And, and one of the things that I know is one part of my gift, it's not, and there's more of my gift that's coming online all the time. And I shouldn't say my gift, but more of the gift that I am pleased to carry is coming online. But one of the things that will be that we've talked about unleashing, and we're definitely going to make happen in the next week is a Facebook group. So we can stay in community via this podcast and via that Facebook group. I'm way better in conversation than I am one-on-one. -on -one. I'm way better at um, facilitating a group discussion than I am writing a book. So hopefully uh, the Facebook group will be like that. It'll be like a big, uh, a big circle of uh, discussion and checking in and sharing feelings and thoughts. I'm really looking, oh, I just feel like, oh, I can feel the excitement coming up in me as I as I talk about it, I'm having a feel right here live on the podcast. This is great. Thank you for being here, everybody. And the third R is recover. And we're going to need to recover our health. We're going to need to recover our communities. We're going to need to make whole what may fall through the cracks. And I think what I talked about earlier, that recovery is going to involve adapting to the new reality, embracing that new reality, thriving in that new reality, and being a leader, being a new leader who uses deep strength and uh, manages to find power with and not power over, manages to find win-win solutions, who manages to develop inclusion and display his vulnerability. Those are the kind of leaders that we're going to need to get through this. So reduce, reconnect, recover, and that's going to be cyclical as well. Um, you know, until Kelly got called into work <laughs> on Sunday, we were basically in kind of recovery mode from the week that we had and trying to eat well and trying to identify our feelings and thinking about rebranding the podcast and coming up with a new name and adapting and ch you know changing what we're doing to reflect the new reality. So that's, we've already been through kind of one cycle. 
just in the last three weeks, and in particular, just in the last week. And that's just going to keep cycling around that reduce, reconnect, recover. So I'm hoping that you're kind of thinking about how you can be a leader for yourself in this time. You are a, we all are complex critters with lots of emotions, lots of sub-personalities, archetypes within us, the inner child, the king, the warrior, the critic. And what can you do to take care of yourself so that your golden king, your golden queen, your powerful leader can emerge just in your own self so that you have the part of you that can, as Kelly did, recognize, you know what, we just need a lot of forgiveness right now. Or find the part of you can say, you know what, we don't need to pick up everything right now. We can reduce the load. That part of you that can love yourself, that can forgive yourself, that can share lots of love and forgiveness and togetherness with the people around you and lead by example. So that's probably enough for now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rocket Feather Podcast. I appreciate very much this opportunity to share what's been going on for me and frankly to just have a couple of emotional moments here with you all so that Kelly can get the work done that she needs to get done in the next room. I'm I'm really grateful and I hope that you find ways to let your emotions flow through and not get stuck. Take care, everybody. Big gratitude again, everybody out there in the Rocket Feather podcast community for listening in. And just to recap what we talked about, what's coming up, we've got Tracy McConnell to talk about her ideas about how to respond through enlightened leadership to crises, whether it's this pandemic or some other crisis. We're really excited to interview her. She's a smart, talented, passionate woman who's been involved in in community for a long time. And and now she's launching a new venture that I think is going to bring a lot of light and intelligence and thoughtfulness to the world of northern Arizona and beyond. We're also looking forward to hearing you, hearing your thoughts, seeing your thoughts on the Facebook group sometime next week. Please contribute. We want to be really good listeners. Uh, Just talking into this mic all the time is pretty one way. We know that you have something important to say, and we're looking forward to hearing it. And as always, contact us through Rocketfeather1 on Instagram. Feel free to email me, charles at rocketfeather.com. I'm putting out my my email and would love to hear from y'all. We heard about a Spanish poet who actually put out his phone number to all of Spain, apparently, and just said, let's talk. And to date, he's had over 100 phone conversations with strangers. And I'm not quite ready to do that because I still need to be calling my mom and sister more often and being on the phone is not my favorite thing to do. But I'm looking forward to, we're looking forward to seeing you on the Facebook group. And we will be here for you and for each other. We're not stopping this cast. We are here. We see you and we hear you. It is now reasonably safe to unstrap and leave the rocket Wash your hands, forgive each other.